Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're starting a new story called An Enchanted Garden, Fairy Stories, by Mrs. Molesworth. Chapter 1 No, said Alex, that's not a good plan at all. It's perfectly stupid. If you've no better ideas than that, Rafe, we needn't talk about it any more. Rafe looked and felt very snubbed indeed. He was ten, she was nine, but she generally took the lead. Not always, as I dare say you will see when you hear more about them, but generally. They were a nice little pair, and they were constantly together, at lessons, at play, at everything. This was a convenient arrangement, for they were a good deal younger than the other brothers and sisters of the family, and what Rafe might would have been without Alex, or Alex without Rafe, it would be difficult to imagine. But there is not much use in thinking about might have beens or would have beens unless to make us more thankful for what is. So it is enough to say that things really were. They were very happy children. Still, they had their troubles, and it was one of these they were discussing this lovely spring morning when they were sitting under their favorite tree, a magnificent ilex in the garden, at one corner of the great lawn, which was one of the beauties of their home. It was a lovely day, clear and bright and joyous, full of its own delights, yet almost fuller of the summer ones to come. This is, I suppose, the real secret of the charm of springtime, the promise and hope it tells of. Everything seemed bursting with good news, the birds most of all, perhaps, though the smiling faces of the early flowers and the tender whispers of the gentle wind through the branches were not behindhand, but the children's faces were clouded. This was their trouble. They could not get anyone to tell them any more stories. They had read all their books through, over and over again. And besides, books aren't quite as nice as told stories, at least not when they have to be shared by two. Rafe and Alex had tried several plans. Reading aloud did not answer very well, and looking over the pages was worse. They never managed to keep quite together, and the one who got down to the last line first was sure to fidget or to try in some way to hurry up the other, which was apt to lead to unpleasant results. And besides this, at present there was no question of storybooks, for, as I said, the children had read all they had possessed really too often. Hitherto, perhaps, they had been a little spoilt about having stories told to them. Papa, who was an old soldier, had a good many tales of adventure. Mama had some lovely ones about when she was a little girl. And the big brothers and sisters were very kind, too, especially if Rafe or Alex or both, as sometimes was the case, happened to be ill. But their stories were mostly out of books. Now and then, indeed, they would unluckily turn out to be already known to the children, and though they did not altogether object to them on this account, I have noticed that children rather enjoy a book story retold by voice. It was not always so pleasant for Enna or Jean or Eric when he was home from college, for Rafe and Alex were so exceedingly particular. No, one of them would say, just as Eric got to the most thrilling part of a robber story. The entrance to the inner cave was at the left side of the big one. Or if Jean was describing her heroine's dress, 
It wasn't green. I'm sure it was blue, blue with tiny rosebuds on. So that sometimes Jean would reply, Really, children, if you interrupt so I can't go on. Or Eric would go off with a grunt and tell them to provide stories for themselves. This had happened the evening before. And this it was which put the idea into Rafe's mind, which Alex snubbed so. Suppose, he said, that we make stories for each other. You for me, Alex, and I for you. It sounded rather nice, but it did not find favor in her eyes at all. I know exactly what they'd be, she said, just mixing up all our other ones. It might do to amuse stranger children with, perhaps, but not for us ourselves. I know all that's in your head, and you know what's in mine far too well, so it would be perfectly stupid. And Rafe had no more to say. It was Easter holidays. Easter was as late as it could be that year, and the weather was so beautiful that it really felt like summer. You would think the children should have been content, but they weren't. They had no lessons at all to do, and a whole fortnight of nothing you must really do is, in my opinion, a mistake. During the long summer holidays, Miss Brander, their governess, always left them something to do, just enough to give a nice fresh taste to the holidaying the rest of their time, and to prevent their feeling the reins quite loose on their necks like runaway ponies. And even without this, in the summer it was different, for they generally went to the seaside or to some hilly place for a month or so to have a change of air, and away from home in a new place, time seldom hangs much on children's hands. This Easter it was certainly doing so a good deal. There were other reasons, too, why the little couple felt rather at a loose end, rather tired of themselves. The big people were all unusually busy, for Enna was going to be married in June, and she and their mother, or she and Jean, were always going somewhere or other to order things, or to give their opinion about the doing up of the pretty old house ten miles or so away, which was to be her new home. And though Enna was very kind when she had time, and the new brother-to-be held out grand promises of the visits they were to pay to their sister and the fun they should have, still, all that seemed a good way off, and in the meantime Rafe and Alex felt rather out of it all. I am not sure but that they were just a little jealous of the new brother. "'It's only a pretense sort of brother,' said Alex one day, when her feelings had been ruffled. "'I'm afraid they felt as if he had somehow put both their small noses out of joint.' So now you understand why Rafe and Alex were sitting rather disconsolately under the ilex, though the sun was shining brightly enough to melt away all clouds and mists inside as well as outside, anyone would have thought. In spite of Alex's snub, Rafe looked up again in a minute or two. "'Why don't you think of a better plan, then, if you don't like mine?' he said. "'It's always easy to say things won't do,' which is exceedingly true. "'But why don't you find something that will do?' Alex turned round. She was sitting on the end of the rustic bench, swinging her legs, which was not difficult, as they scarcely reached the ground, and staring up at the thickly growing branches overhead. But now she looked at Rafe. He felt a little nervous. Was she going to take offense at his speech? No, she had heard what he said, but she was not vexed. "'I know what I wish we could find,' she said." Do you remember, Rafe, the story of a white lady up, up in a room at the very top of a castle somewhere who was always spinning stories? They came out of the hum of her spinning wheel somehow, and the children could hear them when they sat down on the floor beside her. Oh, if only we could find somebody like that. It was fairies, said Rafe doubtfully. At least the white lady was a fairy. 
and there aren't any really, I suppose. Everybody says so, Alex replied doubtfully, but I don't quite see why there mightn't be. If there had never been any, what began all the fairy stories? And I know one thing. Papa said so himself one day when he was telling some, uh, what's the word? It means a sort of fairy story that's been told over and over since ever, ever so long ago. Ledge, mm, what is it? Legends, you mean, said her brother. Yes, I pa remember Papa telling us some very queer ones he had heard in India. And he said there were fairy stories in every country, Alex went on. So what I say is that there must have been something to make them begin. This sounded very convincing to Rafe. Alex certainly had a clever way of putting things. Oh, he said with a deep sigh, if we could but find someone old enough to remember the beginnings of them, something like the white lady, you know. Both children sat silent for a moment or two, their eyes gazing before them. Suddenly, on the short green turf appeared a tiny figure, a wren, so tame that she hopped fearlessly to within a very short distance of the little brother and sister, and then, standing still, seemed to look up at them with her bright eyes, her small head cocked knowingly on one side. "'Rafe!' exclaimed Alex eagerly, though in a low voice. "'Alex!' said Rafe in his turn. Then they looked at each other, thinking the same thoughts. "'Rafe!' whispered Alex, when the wren still stood there looking at them. "'Just look at her!' She's not a bird. She's a fairy. Or at least if she's not a fairy, she's got some message for us from one. The wren hopped on a few steps, still looking back at them. The children slipped off the seat and moved softly after her without speaking. On she went, hopping, then fluttering just a little way above the ground, then hopping again, till in this way she had led them right across the wide stretch of lawn to some shrubberies on the far side. Here a small footpath, scarcely visible till you were close to it, led through the bushes to a strip of half-wild garden ground, used as a sort of nursery for young trees, which skirted a lane known by the name of the Ladywood Path. And indeed it was little more than a path nowadays, for few passed that way, though the story went that back in the old days it had been a good road leading to a house that was no longer in existence. Over the low wall clambered the children, to find to their delight that the wren was in the lane before them, just a little way ahead. But now she took to flying higher and faster than she had yet done, to keep up with her at all they had to run, and even with this they sometimes lost sight of her altogether for a minute or two. But they kept up bravely. They were too eager and excited to waste breath by speaking. The race lasted for some minutes, till at last, just as Alex was about to give in, Rafe suddenly twitched her arm. "'Stop, Alex!' he panted. Truth to tell, the running was harder on him than on his sister, for Rafe was of an easy-going disposition and not given to violent exercise. "'Stop, Alex! She's lighted on the old gateway!' They both stood still and looked. Yes, there was Madame Wren on the topmost bar of a dilapidated wooden gate, standing between two solid posts at what had once been the entrance to the beautiful garden of an ancient house. How beautiful neither the children nor anyone now living knew, for even the very oldest inhabitants of that part of the country could only dimly remember having been told by their grandparents, or great-great-grandparents perhaps, how once upon a time Lady Wood Hall had been the pride of the neighborhood. The wren flapped her wings, then rose upward and flew off. This time, somehow, the children felt that it was no use trying to follow her. "'She's gone for good,' said Rafe dolefully. 
but Alex's eyes sparkled. "'You are stupid,' she said. "'Don't you see what she's told us? We're to look for... for something or someone. I don't know what. In the lady's garden.' For so somehow the grounds of the vanished house had become to be spoken of. I think it was very dull of us not to have thought of it for ourselves, for it is a very fairy sort of place. If it is that way, said Rafe, they must have heard us talking and sent the wren to tell us. Of course, said Alex, that's just what I mean. Perhaps the wren is one herself. Shall we go on now, said Rafe? No. For, just at that moment, the clear sound of a bell ringing reached them from the direction of their own home. For there's our dinner. And dinner was an important event in Rafe's eyes, even when rivaled by a fairy hunt. How provoking, said Alex. How quickly the morning has gone. We must go in now, or they will come hunting us up and find out all about it. And you know, Rafe, if it has anything to do with fairies, we must keep it a secret. Rafe nodded his head sagely. Of course, he replied. "'When do you think we had best come? "'This afternoon we are going on a walk with Nurse, "'and she'd never let us off.' "'No,' said Alex with a sigh, "'for a walk with Nurse was not a very interesting affair. "'But I'll tell you what, Rafe, "'if I can get hold of Mama tonight, "'just even for a minute, "'I'll ask her if we mayn't take something for dinner "'out with us tomorrow, "'and not come in till tea-time, "'the way we sometimes did last summer, "'for now it's really as fine and warm "'as if it were June. "'I think she'll let us.' I do hope she will, said the boy. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Stay connected by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash enchanted library. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash enchanted library. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.